0: Thank <music> What's up, nerds? Welcome to Nintendo Power Block for April 28th, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deergan, alongside me, as always, that beautiful, beautiful man, Edward Varnell. Ed, I'm so glad you're here.
1: L- I love the Super Mario Brothers 2 jazz music covers that people have been doing on YouTube. So, so good. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some of those. Uh pretty
0: good. Yeah. Pretty I- pretty
1: good use them for um uh, some of my interludes for my podcast, so
0: nice, nice. World one one go check it out and optional yeah. opinion you can check that
1: out too uh
0: how's it going ed how's How's your week?
1: It is going good getting ready to go out of town for a mario slash birthday party um yes. Yes. And uh, some gangs about to actually finish up the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, yes, just got this uh, final Guardian. I actually got to still get the Master Sword, finish up the Guardian, and then begin it. And then we'll have a big discussion on it. Um, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and I need to go to Target because I need to see if they got any video game shirts on sale or something because. I kind of want a Mario uh t-shirt. I don't I have one, but it kind of shrunk so I need like a new one.
0: Yeah, I have one. It's hanging up. I didn't wear it. I was thinking about it. I might wear it next next week for the Mario Kart episode because you know, uh when this episode comes out, I hope everybody's enjoying Mario Kart, but uh we're recording it the day before. And I saw that yes. I saw that Larry got it early. Yes, I did. I'm super jealous.
1: Uh I wonder did oh probably the GameStop, I wonder.
0: Yeah, a lot of people who ordered it on Amazon got it early too. So Ah, okay. Um but yeah, I'm going probably gonna go tonight at like eleven to go get it. Uh GameStop's doing a midnight, so I'm gonna take my switch, try to get some friends and try to maybe promote the show and stuff. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's uh yeah. Long night. Maybe I'll just fall asleep and go get it before work tomorrow.
1: (laughs) We'll actually be setting more switches in the game at my job. Uh, Which is funny because I was at Target yesterday and they actually have one switch like in the case. Just like, if you want to buy this, you can. I have the money, but I'm just like, I'm going to wait.
0: Yeah. yeah. I Man, it's been a struggle waiting for Mario Kart. I've been playing through I Since I beat Zelda, I've been jumping back and forth between like six different games. And I just I I want just that one game. I just want to sit down and just choke through. And yes, I mean, Mario Kart's going to be a a time suck for sure. I just want to make sure I get all the the gold trophies and and all the car parts and and stuff. And I want to try out that new battle mode looks cool. Uh, But I mean, I've been I've been really playing through Spectre of Torment. uh shovel knight campaign uh it's really good (laughs) specter of torment's (laughs) really good i didn't i didn't really know if i was gonna like it at first because like the movement's all weird and stuff but once you realize that that uh you know your your weapon is not only your form of attack but also your form of traversal throughout the world. Oh my gosh, dude. It's, it makes it so much easier to wrap your mind around. And it just, it feels so good to move through the levels and like all the dangling things that you can like hook shot onto. And
1: so good. It's so good. I literally need to hunker down and get to more shovel night. Uh, and uh, uh goodness dude i i need to catch up to where you're at uh yes still with it with a Switch, nintendo switch but i need to get to where you at dude uh because
0: i mean the wii u ones are out right but
1: the, the yeah the 3ds and wii u yeah
0: yeah uh so it's it's so, really good you should you need to play through it after you're done with zelda it's it's good it's really short uh the one thing that kind of bummed me out but it actually the way it fits into the storyline actually works way better mm-hmm. than than a world map there's no world map you go to a you go to a mirror inside the castle and it sends you to uh the levels from there but uh the story is actually really interesting i couldn't have cared less about the story in shovel knight like i paid attention to it but this one's actually really kind of interesting and kind of sad to be honest uh but it's cool i like it uh yeah, if you bought a Switch and are looking for something to play before Mario Kart comes out, uh Shovel Knight is man. Uh I the the main campaign, the main campaign and Spectre of Torment are definitely worth playing through. I'm not huge on Plague of Shadows. It was it's definitely the weakest of the campaigns, but I mean I'm sure it's worth going through. Yeah. I just haven't played through a lot of it yet. So
1: Well, uh for me, I just picked up Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Uh a lot of talking. Hey, I'm going to battle everything, anything, nope, just a lot of talking, and uh, because it's subtitled, you get to hear all the Japanese voices, and you have to read the caption, and it's just like, oh, this is about to be a slug. but it was only 20 bucks. Um, I did pick up Far Cry 4 Complete Edition. I told Corey about this. Um, I got a really, like, I really got the game cheap. Uh... When I brought it, come to find out that the that the complete edition, which is a season pass in the full game, was cheaper than the regular far uh, far cry four. I'm like, happened, but it did. Um brand new, mind you. Uh, persona five, I ain't been playing. Um I I'm getting ready to install near and start that. Um uh, I've been playing a lot of Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um I, I'm going to really try and finish. I think I'm going to end up finishing Wildlands before I do Persona, like finish up Persona 5. Because the thing about Wildlands is, is that this is a washing machine gang. Yeah. It's very rinse, wash, rinse, and repeat. And I'm just like, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I... I was
0: like this close to getting it because my friends were really into the division and they wanted something else to play that was similar. And that was kind of like where all roads were pointing to. And I was like, I'm going to hold off because I don't know how this is going to work out like I just don't know how this game is going to work out. And I like Ghost Recon a lot. I like I liked Future Soldier or uh, what was the last one? Future Soldier, I think Yeah, was the last one. And uh, it was I really enjoyed that campaign a lot uh but from all accounts this is like way different than that and like it's just it's just a weird experiment for the franchise but i mean people seem to be liking it i mean it was the number one game last month so on yeah. mpd so i mean there's,
1: somebody probably likes it i mean i paid like 35 for the actual game it actually came it only like two, took two days to ship i think because um Wisconsin. So that Amazon, you know, they also ship stuff out. So it probably got shipped out from, um, the Wisconsin Amazon to my house. Um, um, uh, I think the op- reason why I paid more was because of the shipping and a little bit of the tax. But like for the game itself, like thirty-five dollars, I'm like it's not a bad thing. But I was just like, ooh. So um, destructors review just trashes the game. I'm like, whoa, yikesies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, much breath of the wild is like my go-to game before i go back to pokemon and stuff uh because i'm about to like i said i'm about to do some traveling so um i gotta get my 3ds games and stuff ready for that it's most definitely something i'm i'm really looking forward to her the soundtrack was good um and i was thinking of getting mass effect soon but i might actually wait
0: um, yeah but i've been waiting on mass effect i probably um
1: i like, think i'm enjoying you uh in doing it for the summer.
0: Yeah. Uh like I like I told you before, I, I my PlayStation was dying. So I took it into GameStop and traded it in when I get back from vacation I'm gonna be uh probably getting a pro. Uh just you know, it's I don't know if it's worth it or not, but just to kind of future proof myself, I guess I'm just gonna get a pro and and suck it up mm. and probably get mass effect with, with my pro. Uh, Although I don't know if I'm going to get it for Xbox or PlayStation. I have not decided that yet, but uh, I think maybe to test out the new system, maybe that's going to be the way to go. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, although I do need to play horizon and you need to finish horizon and maybe with the pro, maybe I'll just finish it that way. So uh,
1: we'll like, see. I, I really want to do mass effect for both systems. I like, I do do want to do it for one and I do want to do it for, um, ps4 it sounds it sounds crazy but i'm like i have a lot of people who own the game for that one particular system and maybe down the line i want to maybe do like multiplayer with them to get maybe a achievement or a trophy or something so i'm like i might, might, might as well get it for both systems like i was thinking of leaning more to uh ps4 because i have the original trilogy on ps3 um and i don't really have anything on xbox one but i'm just like i know people who got uh xbox one uh mass effect so i'm probably going to do it for both systems yeah so,
0: and and by some accounts it's actually it actually runs better on xbox
1: one some for some reason
0: uh i don't know yeah. how different the
1: architecture is or anything but like i mean yeah just you know, i mean just let me know which one that you actually make that decision and then i'll get that version first um Throughout that, throughout the summer or whatever, because um, yeah. I know, like, like man, I sw- still from that direct Nintendo just like w- pretty much won the summer with the yeah, I know type with a with a lot of releases of great titles. Like I really am looking forward to uh, Arms and Splatoon too. Like I'm really looking forward to them. So my purchase purchase of the Switch like got a lot like i already got a backlog of great games that you have that i need to have on my system like like yeah so this this, is this
0: is this is gonna be this is gonna be my may through july are you ready this is my this is my gamestop pre-order list this is my may through july uh besides mario kart so for switch i got the sky five complete i've got ultra street fighter Mm -hmm. 2 uh at the end of may uh arms readout cave story in June, Splatoon in July, and Rhyme somewhere in there for the summer for Switch. Yeah. So uh Yeah, my my summer is full Switch games, not to mention, you know, whatever the new DLC for Zelda is, the Mario mm-hmm. Kart stuff. Uh, you know, Puyo, Puyo Tetris has had my attention all week and my wife's I couldn't I uh,
1: you know that, it's, I showed it's you it's what she was she... doing. <laughs> it's funny that she mentioned that, because uh, I think this is a win actually for Sega because, like Puyo Puyo Tetris, is like the hot thing that everybody's playing, and it seems that a lot of people really did. Ten dollars. We'll probably discuss this later on in the show as one of our topics. Um, people being paid, you know, paying the ten dollars extra for that physical version. Yeah, like I think it's
0: really smart because on on Switch. Uh, it, for those of you that don't know, the digital copies have to be on parity with the physical copies. Now, cartridges cost more to produce than discs, so a lot of the indie games are $10 or, or smaller titles, I should say. Not all indie games are, but uh, some of the smaller titles like Puyo Puyo Tetris, uh, Binding of Isaac, those types of titles are $10 more physically on Switch. Now, Puyo Puyo Tetris digitally is $29.99 and the physical version is $39.99, but the physical version gave you two keychains and a pamphlet explaining what Puyo Puyo was because it's not very popular over here, which is really cool. Right. Uh, it was It was some cool trinkets that kind of gave sega the workaround for that physical copy something that doesn't cost mm-hmm. a lot to produce but still gave you some incentive to get the physical copy or you can pay the 30 dollars and download it but man it's cool i put the keychains on my keys already they're they're really cool
1: yeah i've seen some pictures of it and i put in uh because i didn't even know they was doing the keychain part so when I yeah. actually seen it, and I was just like, it came in a big, it came in a big cardboard box.
0: Remember the Mario Maker yeah. box when it came with the, that art book and stuff? That's the kind of box Puyo Puyo Tetris came in. And I was like, wow, oh, this is wow. kind of an elaborate, this is kind of an elaborate box for two keychains and a piece of paper <laughs> in a game, but it was cool. <laughs>
1: But you know what? I I think a lot of people wish companies kind of did like maybe a three or four page instruction booklet. Like it looks like you know, for those who are retro, like back in the day, you know, video games came with an instruction booklet to tell you everything, and sometimes they have like artwork in it that you just Mm -hmm. couldn't find anywhere. And a lot of people, the the physical copy of Binding of Isaac came with one that was very yeah Zelda game, so. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of people would like that. So if if you know, with the ten dollar added value, if uh, if a game indie game that did go on cartridge did have like uh, a little trinket or something, or even a download code for music for like music for your iTouch or Android or whatever, and uh, a five four five page maybe art book or instruction booklet for that, like you know if that $10 investment doesn't really cost you, cost you anything and it's ready for the cartridge production, people are down to go back to that old school style of, you know, having a video game. Mm-hmm. This girl release. I should say it, it makes, it makes, um, it, it makes only the game more valuable. than just getting it on CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I,
0: I, I really like the physical boxes of the Switch games. Uh, some of the games, I could see myself just w- kind of wishing that they were just boxes with download codes like Tetris. Like That's a game I would never, ever want to take out of my Switch. I just want it to be there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do like the boxes. I think they're really cool. And like the bigger releases, I definitely want the physical copies of because they're just so cool. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, I've already... Announce my allegiance to the physical copies on Switch as long as there is there are physical copies for those games, and I'm really hoping that Ukulele gets one, and I'm really hoping that Shovel Knight will eventually get one.
1: Yeah, I, well, I think first with Ukulele, um, with all its problems and stuff, have it it has stuff. This, uh, um, this time, while they're making a the game, that they fix some things and when it actually comes to switch and it does hopefully it does get a physical release um i would be down to pay 50 dollars if they added stuff to it
0: yeah and i was also thinking like once nintendo starts introducing virtual console what if their virtual console what if their virtual console games got boxed copies like remember like the original nes black boxes or like what if they re uh-huh. redid the Super Nintendo box art for Super Metroid, but put it on a in a Switch box? Like, what if they sold the physical copies of NES and SNES games for like fifteen dollars, and then GameCube and N sixty four games for twenty dollars as physical copies?
1: Then Nintendo's about to make extra bank. Like I've, because, like, I
0: yeah, you can download the Virtual Console games for like. Oh, $10, If you seven, ten dollars, like fifteen dollars, like yeah, you can go ahead and do that. But if you want the cool box art and the uh, like reproductions of the original instruction manuals, or like remember
1: Earthbound came with that huge guide yes. box, like that box was huge. Yeah that would double nintendo's whole profit and put so to me personally i believe that would double nintendo's profit is going to put sony and microsoft in a bad position now it might be problematic due to if this rumor of a super nintendo classic comes out that would be problematic but if pe- if they if they put out games that work on the Super Nintendo Classic, uh, and let's just say the Super Nintendo Classic does come out and they did stop production, and after that production they did that physical release for the Super Nintendo games, literally buy them they will become hard to find. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'd rather
0: honestly, I would rather spend my money on a physical copy for my Switch than than a. Than a mini Super Nintendo like if one came to like push came to shove and like I couldn't get one or the other like I would much rather have a physical copy of Super Metroid on my shelf sitting next to you know breath of the wild or you know a link to the past or or something like that you know I just think like i I don't know I was playing I was playing Super Metroid on my 3 d s last night and man i I wish that game was on switch, but like I was just actually be. I was just I was just laying there. I was like, man, how cool would it be if Super Metroid came on a cart? They did the a little extra legwork and made it widescreen and pixel perfect mode, and just kind of made it and, 1999 for a physical copy. I, and that extra chart, you like that that extra I, I money could say- go towards remastering these these old I- games.
1: I would say, even if they did a little bit of it, I would charge twenty five dollars. I would literally go to the store. Right, we was talking about Super Metroid, and we and they made an announcement if it had a physical release. While we while we was while during E three, if it said it was getting a physical release, me and Corey, uh, both agree we will lead our podcast we will leave the street. We'll take a break and we will head to GameStop stop and pre-reserve that because if we don't do that, reserve the game by the time it comes out, it's always, it's going to be, the reserves are already going to be filled and there's not going to be enough copies for that. Like we literally said that. And for, so for them to, for them to make it like widescreen or kind of got, kind of, you know, um, it didn't really do much, but still charge twenty five dollars because it's a physical copy and it came with the uh a strategy little mini strategy guidebook and added some artwork that we have never seen or even some fan art if there was up to it. I would pay twenty five dollars for that. And that's yeah. more basic. I would
0: I would it I mean like I think depending on what work went into the games and like like I don't I think I would be like <laughs> Like $14.99 for NES games, $19.99 for Super Nintendo games, $24.99 for N64 games, and maybe even $30 for for GameCube games. I would like if you could just make all those games physical and maybe put that widescreen mode on a lot of these games. Like, dude, Mm -hmm. I I would have no problem paying money for these games. That just just,
1: is, yeah. And and that and GameStop and something and those, you uh, just make me so happy <laughs> talking about this, because those retro retro uh retro players like myself are going to a, a game store and getting those games. So to have that feeling again, I, I'm all for it. I I'm literally all for it. It's it's good business a for GameStop. They, if they're able to do do reserves for it it's good business for Nintendo because um, yeah physical is I mean not physical digital is fine but I think it would show more uh give Nintendo the impression that you have more gamers who won't your uh, older titles so you'll see more of the support and the people are buying a nintendo switch to get those physical titles and hopefully it stops emulation and stuff like that or lowers emulation i should say um that you know and if if people want to call it a remaster and be like, well, I play these old games, I'm just like, yeah. But people want that physical release if a lot of work, uh, some work put got put into it because not everybody still owns those old Super Nintendo or Nintendo or GameCube or N64 for Carson CDs. They don't own that no more. So to have that once again for your know, for your system that you could take on the go and still play on the big screen, you know now for that oh this
0: this kind of leads into our next uh kind of kind of topic uh i was going to do the news but this is kind of a good segue anyway uh we were talking last night uh we had two really good discussions last night we kind of thought we'd bring it to the the podcast today uh yes nintendo has been very kind of I don't want to say stingy because I think stingy is the wrong word. I think maybe careful is a better word of what kind of games make it onto the eShop and they've they've slipped one or two times uh, like that witch motorcycle flying game. Uh, but Goodness. yeah, uh, but for the most part they've been kind of good at curating what indie games and what titles get put on the eShop that aren't triple a published uh if you want to want to call it that uh you know there there's been some confusion going around about uh a couple games uh and some indie developers have even come out and said that uh nintendo even though the system is easier to to develop for uh getting your game on the console is actually a little bit uh harder than you would think it would be for a big time uh console maker. Uh, Let's see, there were a couple of quotes I wanted to read. Uh, But basically, some anonymous uh, indie developers are saying that Nintendo is kind of taking their sweet time getting back with them about getting dev kits, uh, about, you know, kind of getting their games on the platform. And I think it's because Nintendo is really watching what they're pushing right now and you know nintendo this is their platform first and foremost and they're kind of trying to push their games on this platform first and foremost or games they would kind of they kind of see fit working on this platform uh so what while i while i look for these these quotes man i wish i could find these quotes uh what do do you think about all this
1: um well i know when we was discussing it uh I kind of felt like, you know, just give like people, the developers, just give it time. It's good that we want to see a lot of support from the system. And it is kind of sad that a lot of develop indie developers can't get on it or release a game just yet. Um, because this is the first year, like, or first couple of months that um, out. I think they want to space out their games think they don't want to flood the uh the e-shop in the market um from from developers that have unproven track records um even if there are some developers who have like good a good proven track record um their game not might not be suitable just yet so they might keep it in mind uh, cause they cause they're probably getting like tons of requests and stuff, and you don't want to have close to seventy-five indie games. Those seventy-five, maybe fifteen, actually be worth a purchase. You know, you don't want to flood the system with with that. So I think they just want to space everything out. I think those indie developers, um, st- you know, it is frustrating. Uh, but you know, you have Microsoft, you have Sony. If they're welcoming, go ahead and put your game on there. Um, and let Nintendo see first how that game does on that platform. And maybe later on down in the line, following next year, that you know it might seem old or something. Uh, but enough outcry for it, it might come to the Switch platform. Um, it's kind of weird saying that, um, but sometimes, you know, if a game doesn't feel ready or feels like it's needed to be on Switch, um, but you still want it, I, I say just wait. So I think a lot of indie developers just need to wait. Give it a year. Get the system a year. Um, let their planned content come out and maybe at a time when Nintendo really needs games to fill in the gap, hopefully they keep you guys it keep you in contact and be like, okay, now we're interested in your game, um, to fill in this gap. Because now we're able to market and push your game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe give it a maybe give it a amiibo or maybe give it a physical release and like really help promote your game and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh
0: we've there's there's I have three quotes here from anonymous uh indie developers and you know that tweet was going around a couple days ago, about Dan Adelman calling Nintendo douches because they weren't, uh, they could have had Axiom Verge ready as a launch title for Switch, and Nintendo kind of never got around to getting back with him, although it is rumored that it still might be coming to Switch eventually. Uh, but, you know, these anonymous indie devs said uh, this is the first one. I've had a long-standing relationship with Nintendo for many years. We've gone out to eat and drink multiple times, and I consider most of them my friends. I've always brought my A-game to Nintendo platforms. I've been responsible for some of the highest-rated games on their systems, so it had always been a good relationship. I reached out to them very early on, back when the Switch was still called Project NX, and people didn't even know if it was a hand... People didn't even let me know if it was a handheld or a console. It was a bit of a slap in the face after all the years of partnership. I would get a very formal corporate response to my emails. Uh, The second one was, there's no doubt that Nintendo systems have been plagued by shovelware over the years, uh, a la Wii, but Nintendo's solution to this is very broken. First, they're being inconsistent. Their stated policy is that they are not allowing any ports, and yet half of the game's making it their way to the system are ports, a la Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart eight. Second, because the people in charge of making the decisions and marketing, people with no experience on the development side, they don't know how to evaluate games that are still in development. They look at a game they look at a game that's twenty percent complete and then they and they can't extrapolate what it will be like after an additional year or two of development. Uh this third and final quote i have here says getting a wii U dev kit took a week of work basically nothing while it is impossible to get our hands on a switch dev kit uh we've had to go to multiple publishers for it uh, our only other complaint is about under communication with nintendo professionalism is there maybe too much professionalism there's no about doubt about it but hardware access was way more painful than it needed to be for sure especially compared to getting an xbox one or ps4 dev kit outside of that everything else makes sense and it's in line with industry standards the switch is extremely easy to develop for and we can't wait to put our game out so
1: okay um can i address uh all three points from from my opinion okay so the first point with the guy saying he had a good business, you know, he has a good business relationship with Nintendo or a guy or girl or whatever. Um At that time, he has to realize that Nintendo and Nintendo stated this. They don't want to talk about the NX. They don't want the talk of you know and this party policy party ndas contracts and stuff they don't want people outside of nintendo knowing about this system and and ruining it or what happens if you get drunk and spill the beans to someone and then all that information now is on twitter and social media so they're being very precautious they want to bring out the they, they wanted to bring the switch out with uh With a big surprise, you know, we're really marking this system well because they believe in a product that they're doing something very innovative. They're taking what they learned from the past and try to bring it into the now and make it better. So you kind of even though you have a good business relationship and everything, you got to realize that, you know what, I see it from their point of view. I want to want, you know, my next game that I'm making for whatever console or even PC, you know, I don't want it uh to be spilled out if i'm really trying to do something big that's kind of on the level of minecraft and then someone finds out about it and then my whole information about what I was trying to do and what I had planned for it goes down the drain because mm-hmm. I because someone get when they found out about it. So I, I think you know even though they had he probably he has a good relationship with them I just give it time. Um the second one uh Dealt with what was the second one again? I'm oh, sorry. Um,
0: where'd it go? Where'd it go? Uh, let's see. The second one was crap. I missed it. There it is. Uh, plagued. Nintendo systems have been plagued with shovelware over the years, uh. Hmm. But Nintendo's solution to this is broken. They've been very inconsistent, stating that they are not allowing any ports, and yet half of the games at launch are ports. Okay. Speaking of speaking of Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart Eight.
1: Okay, let's address this. Um, The ports with Breath of the Wild, um, Nintendo. That's the own Nintendo property on their own Nintendo system. If they want to port it to there to that other system and make it a big splash, they can. Why? Because Nintendo owns that. Even with Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, that's their business. if they don't if they don't want ports on the system because they don't want to have it where for the first 5 to 6 months like i said continue to say look at Xbox One and PS4 when they came out half of those games that half of those games that came out were ports we didn't really get original content for that game for uh PS4 was what was neck and um killzone uh, and Killzone, and then uh, out of those two, uh, uh Resogun was the number one game that people was playing. Yeah. Well, then, yeah,
0: and it. I mean, part of that though is because Resogun was free,
1: right? And there was just a lot of ports and remasters that came out, and. You know, Nintendo was probably trying to get away from that because a lot of people were discouraged. That why do I have these next gen systems, and all you guys are fitting my line with our ports? So if Nintendo is porting anything, they're porting their own stuff. Skyrim is a test game; Mm -hmm. they want to see how Bethesda want to see how well that does on a Nintendo platform. NBA Two K Seventeen, or is it Seventeen or Eighteen? Uh, like 18. say or, 18. eighteen okay that that that's gonna be a a new game they want to see how that does on, on Nintendo platform um mm-hmm. definitely with you know with its portability anything mm-hmm. outside that okay, I understand sooner that didn't come out to xbox one, but yeah because square enix be, because square Enix has such a good relationship with Nintendo and being one of their partners and making and making square Enix money with bravely default. I see more business done correctly on an Nintendo platform than any other system. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, to me, this
0: quote is just kind of like a loss in translation thing. Like maybe yes. they are saying, like if you if you're gonna put a game, like an older game, on our platform, make sure it has some new content. And like Shovel Knight is kind of the perfect example of that, where like you know we got Specter Knight campaign first on Switch, like that's. That's kind of where I'm coming from from this. And the Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Mm -hmm. Plus has a ton of extra content that the other versions don't have yet. Uh, Mario Kart 8 has that extra uh, battle mode and extra characters and stuff that the Wii U version doesn't have. Uh, You know, I'm not saying like all of this is wrong. I think I can see both sides of the argument. Uh, You know, if, if Axiom Verge did come to Switch, that would be kind of like kind of like the first straight indie port, you know, uh, from another system. Uh, so those, those kinds of things, I can see the argument from both sides, but at the same time, I think Nintendo is not as willy nilly as Xbox and PlayStation. They're just like, as you look at the PlayStation store and that thing has so much garbage on it. That's like, a how, how do you allow stuff like this to be on your platform and B. Why is it hiding so far down here? If it was worth playing, don't you think they would promote it in some fashion? Uh, Whereas Nintendo, everything that's come out on the eShop so far has had in, because on Switch, there's a My News section on the left-hand side when you turn the console on. Uh There's either been a trailer, screenshots, description of the game, and or a link to the store to either A, purchase it, or B, add it to a wish list. And that's that's smart on Nintendo. And once you get like, because you look at the PlayStation blog, sometimes there's like fifteen to twenty things coming out that week. There's no way right. Sony can promote that many things in one week
1: and still be on top of their own AAA stuff. Dude, they don't even highlight so the I, deals. That's go. They, you can't. even... You could go to the deal section on PlayStation Four, and they don't even tell you what the deal is. You gotta. You gotta yeah. search for that, and it's just like, really.
0: Yeah, and like I to me nintendo wants nintendo to be nintendo they don't want nintendo and this nintendo and that i think you know we all we we discuss all the time how we think the switch should be nintendo sprinkled out with a bunch of indie games filling the gaps right nintendo doesn't have any gaps right now right so like that's maybe they are being constructive about how they schedule getting these indies out as well you know maybe they're not communicating because they're still trying to figure out how their schedule's going and Nintendo has always put themselves first over every third party like even way back in n64 and GameCube games like Nintendo has always put themselves before third party even all the way back to the nes with like you can only publish five games a year on our on our platform which is why konami went out and created ultra to to publish metal gear
1: and if if you know that your game is coming out on a nintendo platform then you do the marketing if you know that if you know that if you find that okay nintendo we got a release date um to view the game does it work or and they'd be like yeah now if they say that hey we want to include your game in one of our Nindy directs Then, you know what? After they show the Nini Direct and stuff, then you start marketing and you start talking about it and you get it planned out and pacing and stuff like that. You know, just like you said, Corey, Nintendo has to do the stuff for Nintendo. They got to get their own stuff. Why should they balance their stuff and your stuff? And you barely do anything besides develop the game and expect them to do all the marketing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you... If if you want something noticed about your game, they have Amiibo. Put some money into making Amiibos. Make a make an art book and stuff. You know, team up with some of these sites and stuff, like fan or or anything like that, and get some of that merchandise and stuff out. Like you have different avenues to yes, and I know it's a bunch of reason with money and everything, but hype up your own game. If it's coming to uh, if it's coming to Nintendo platform, like fill in the gaps for you to actually do something to be on that same level of Nintendo when it comes to marketing your game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just i i think i i honestly think you know Nintendo is trying to get this console right. You know they are trying yes. really really hard to make good on this console, and there's going to be some some downfalls. You know through this process yeah. and them putting their games first is, you know, unfortunately a downfall for some of these triple A or some of these third party and indie games. But at the same time, I feel like Nintendo might be scheduling out their first party so they can better promote these indies when it's time to put these games out on their platform.
1: Right. And that's, you got a
0: new, that's honestly my, opinion. and like, I know people are going to like, sometimes people say we, drink, you know, whatever, but like, I honestly feel like Nintendo's scheduling their stuff out, they're scheduling their major third-party stuff out and, mm-hmm. you know, they want to make room for these indie games so they can properly promote them because they see Xbox's mistakes, they see PlayStation's mistakes trying to promote certain indie games that aren't necessarily working for a lot of them. Like, you saw eco right. uh, come out today and, like, they've been promoting it on the eShop non-stop today because you know it they have a trailer they have a link to the to the e-shop to buy it and like if that came out on playstation or xbox like that game would get drowned out so fast because of everything else that's coming out on there i just right. i just think nintendo's trying to be smart on how they promote certain indie titles
1: right and w- even with kamiko people been promoted and talking about that game and it's only been out a week in what well, week or two in japan for yeah. a game in japan who for a country like that really are not i don't think are too big on indie games but it, for that to come to america and i it's just, it's crazy that he was just like they don't okay they don't want to do nothing about ports okay that's fine but if they don't want to do a lot of ports and stuff they make a new game for it it's a new system or oh, the part of your game yeah. is past like two or three years. Don't nobody want to still play that. Yeah. If you're not, if uh, you're not going you, to do anything interesting. Yeah. And like, I would,
0: That's I would really like to see some of these games make their way to switch. Like, I mean, I've talked about this a thousand times, like Hyperlight drifter and axiom verge, I think are perfect candidates for switch ports, yes. but those games are like, I mean, axiom verge is a year old by now. Right. And like, I mean, I know, uh, he made that game. It took him like what, four or five years to make that game on his own. And so like, you know, I, I understand that, you know, one guy making a game for three to five years is it takes a long time to make a game that good. And that, that, you know, polished and stuff and then getting it over, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, the Switch is looking for new experiences, not something. And that was the biggest complaint about Wii U, which I think is what they are trying to avoid as well. Is like you guys complain that, you know, we gave you Mass Effect 3, which was a year old Batman, which was a year old uh, Darksiders, which was six months old, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed 3, which was two months old by the time the system came out. And so we're trying to avoid that. Same conundrum where you guys complain that you got your old ports on the system, so maybe that's another direction they're aiming. They're trying to avoid that mistake as well. So. Right,
1: and and like and you have 2017, you have a whole year to get. A couple games ready to go for next year because they're like uh, the indie development. I think right now it's just focusing on games that you get out for 2016. But if you can start planning stuff for 2017 and working on that and getting Nintendo excited or invested into it, do that. I mean, we already got from from now until December, we have enough plan for Nintendo content, for indies and for Nintendo themselves, and maybe third party. And maybe as maybe it's smart that Show Game comes out next year because we don't want it to get, you know, missed or, you know, th- thrown under the barrel by other great titles. Mm-hmm like look at the look at what third party has to deal with throughout the fall Mm -hmm. you know mafia Arnold 2 uh titanfall like even battlefield one and call of duty like they all had to fight against each other to make a you know to make sales and stuff yeah and now people are just which
0: which is which is why nintendo and and sony were smart by releasing you know, their flagship titles in February and March instead of in the November rush for all these third party positions. And like, uh, I, I would have been a little worried about Mario if the switch wasn't selling so well right now. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is still so excited over this thing. And, but like Mario's Mario, Mario is going to sell systems and it wouldn't surprise me if they bundled Mario in at some point. Right. Uh, or had a Zelda bundle or a Mario Kart bundle for the holiday or something like that. Uh but I think, you know, I heard this on another show a couple of weeks ago where maybe the new first party like the new window to release giant first party games is the spring. And then you release all the third party stuff in the fall. Maybe that is the new way to do it. And like Uh, You know, I think that's what Xbox and PlayStation are moving towards. But you look at the rest of this calendar year for Nintendo, and, like, we don't even know what's coming after E3 yet. And, like, you know, we already have Fire Emblem. And I saw another report that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is still confirmed to be coming out this year, a Western English-translated
1: release and do so, you, and do you huge. and did you want a port and did you want a port of your old game to go get something like that and and with Mario? Yeah. Where yeah, it's going to get saying. where that like your game is going to get buried. Mm-hmm. You know, the only I, I way the only it. place the only
0: places you can release ports of old games right now on the Switch would be you know, July or August. Well, actually really yes. the end, end of July And in the front part of August, because at that point, you know, Splatoon, wait, Splatoon is what, mid-July, end of July, somewhere mid-July, like July 16th, I think. So you really only have that August window, which is now being taken up by like, you know, Shadow of War. And at the beginning of September, you got Destiny, you've got uh,
1: Marvel vs. Capcom.
0: And, you know, then you get to the October, November slugfest
1: and and this would be my thing if you really want to like really bring some of your old ports black friday get your old ports on the switch or for black friday that thursday so that people could get your game for cheap and stuff like take five dollars off for it and just be like you know happy thanksgiving to everybody our game is now released on uh, uh we're not black before black friday on uh this thanksgiving um we were finally able to bring axiom verge or whatever old game to the system and we got it cheaper for this one day only so that you guys in case when you're waiting for the turkey to cook you can play our game yeah and like i as much as
0: i want axiom verge on switch like if nintendo announces metroid at at e three this year I'm forgetting all about axibridge like I'm sorry I'll play that on my on my PlayStation Four or my Vita, which is still broken you know i I already own that game in two different places like i I would happily support Tom Happ and him and them that team trying to put this on switch at some point like I would totally buy that game two or three more times if I could play it somewhere else, but like if they announce metroid like axiom verge is my metroid for ps4 like i don't really need it on switch but if they if they announce metroid at e3 like i'm forgetting about axiom verge cuz we're getting metroid like and that's just that's just that's just it, my opinion and i'm i'm sorry but i've played axiom verge all the way through twice and as much as i love right. that game if they announce metroid i'm i've already played it i'm forgetting about it i'm putting my money towards metroid and that's no right. no and, fault and, of of his but, like, that game is, is really old news by now. And, you know, if
1: Nintendo's trying to push new experiences, that's where I'm going to put my money. Right, and everybody already already going to own the Wii U physical version because that's going to kind of be the, the, collectors, the collector's item. People are going to expect, if it does come to Switch, they're going to, A, gonna expect the physical copy, B, they're going to expect it to have almost the same stuff as the Wii U physical copy with the special edition, and hopefully a little bit more. Yeah, it might be 10 or $15 more, but I'm just like, but, you know, if you already own the Wii U version, Yes, it's good to play that you want to play that game on the go, but how like how much of this game are you waiting for to come to one console? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I wouldn't for me personally, I wouldn't have I would not have waited for Switch for Axiom Verse to come. If I was shocked and surprised about seeing it on PS4, I, and I really want to support that game, I would go and buy it on PS4 and be done with it. Mm-hmm. you know and,
0: and like a lot of people use their vitas for for indie games too like that's that's like that's part of the reason why i want to get my like get a new vita is because you know a lot of those games came to vita if you bought the mm-hmm. ps4 version and i think axiom verge though it doesn't run great on vita i think it's a perfect handheld game which is why i want it on switch uh but at the same time like i can play it on my vita
1: Right, and there's probably going to be tons of other oh. Metroidvania games that, that equal the same good quality as uh, Axiom Fresh, or even a little bit better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Axiom Verge is so good.
1: It I'm is. So it so really happy. is good. I mean it, it really it, it really is good I, I won't you know I won't deny that um but like with the portabil- with the port stuff um I think with when the uh switch came out there was more original titles than ports mm-hmm. and there's still more original titles than ports-
0: mm-hmm. yeah like I mean I think I think a lot of games are getting that a uh, switch effect too where like these are games that people would kind of pass on at first, but, like, a game like Snake Pass, people want to play it on Switch, because that's where it feels right, you know? I, yes. I still think, you know, they're still getting those those passes, like, Wonder Boy, I think, probably sold best on Switch, because people want games to play on Switch, first of all, but it just feels natural playing it on a Nintendo system, even though it's a Sega game. Sorry. Uh, don't want to start that 90s war again, but... <laughs> it-
1: and would, and would you like to see a Nintendo Direct f- with half of the, half of the um, in all ports of games that you already play? Like, who wants to see that? And then you see around Twitter and other social media that that Nintendo Direct was disappointing because I already own that. I already played that. I got that on my PC. In fact, the game right now on PC is 50% off. Like, would you, who wants to see that? Mm -hmm. nobody doesn't want to see that definitely if you're a a, a new owner of a switch don't nobody want to see your old title of an indie game on that system Mm -hmm.
0: yeah the only way like i could see them doing like hey uh you know here's some of your favorite games from from our old systems coming to you like if they decided to port some more wii u games over which yeah you know kind of get kind of gets into our next topic a little bit but uh you know, if if Nintendo just kind of edged a little section of a Direct that said, hey, did you not own a Wii U, but you own a Switch, here are some cool games you missed. And, like, you know, maybe you throw Axiom Verge in there. Maybe you throw Shantae in there. Maybe you throw, you know, uh, Shovel Knight's DLC stuff in there. And then you throw in, you know, Captain Toad. You throw in uh smash brothers you throw in you know these are games that maybe you missed on wii u we're gonna bring them to switch but you don't spend that much time on them you spend
1: maybe and, maybe five or ten minutes on that and Android. how about this if you so if you so want so many ports on the switch how about you trying to find a way to get in touch with uh indie developers in japan who games never came to america and you work on the yeah. localization and you put those games onto Nintendo Switch. A, hey, mm-hmm. it's so that yeah, it, 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 it is support, but it's a new title to us American players. But that kind
0: of that does get into our next, our next uh, little topic here, I guess, is like, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people didn't own a Wii U. And I think there are some can't miss experiences on that system and like I kind of feel like we're going to get Pikmin 4 so Pikmin 3 port wouldn't really be a viable port you know uh, Mm -hmm. Smash Brothers will probably come in some form Uh, you know we're getting Mario Odyssey but I still think I still think Mario 3D World should should get some sort of like either Mario 3D World 2 or a straight port of that Mm -hmm. game or that and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker ported on the same cart. Like, those two good things. So, like, I don't know. What do you? How do you feel about Wii U games making their way to Switch? Like, it, that you may or may not see a second version of these games on Switch, but, like, how do you feel about Wii U games making their way to
1: Switch? If there's a way to um, fix them and improve them, uh that that will that will be able to reach a broader audience then i'm fine with it you know mario kart 8 because it's so so well um getting a part of that and doing a lot of improvement improvements and stuff makes a good business sense you know to help fill it in the gap while they you know the team make a new game um that nintendo is not like really known in doing like ports or remasters of their old titles you know um usually they put it out whatever it does it does and they want to start working on their next title they want to start doing the research and development finding out the engine getting ideas and storyboards they want to do all of that um it's going if it's worth the investment then go ahead and do it. I'm fine with it. Um, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but for new players who haven't played those old games, um, you're still able to find a Wii U and play those old titles. Um, but you know, it, if it's going to feel like it's going to, it will be only a hand select of decent titles or great games that should come onto the system. Um, does not make good business sense? At this point in time, it's not a big hit of a title. Uh, but, you know, you can always wish that. Uh, I think people, I think Nintendo and all those other companies would rather have their next game onto the platform. So yeah, it's good to see that uh, we get a Bayonetta two port um, to the Switch because we want to play that game on the go. Uh, but I would rather see a new Bayonetta come to the system instead of a
0: port. What if they ported Bayonetta two this year and gave us Bayonetta three next year?
1: Um, uh, I, I I would just say fine. Um. If people if they if they want to do that, uh, it just depends on how much they're gonna price it then. Because I would rather get a Bayonetta three. Well, Bayonetta let us say like Bayonetta two,
0: Bayonetta two on Switch would be forty dollars, and then Bayonetta three would be sixty.
1: I would I would rather just wait because you already still got physical copies of Bayonetta two on Wii U for thirty bucks. So, yeah. um,
0: I would. To to your previous point where Nintendo doesn't like to port their stuff, I would almost argue that they they kind of are the originators of porting stuff with Super Mario All Stars on Super Nintendo. I mean they mm-hmm. they did like remasters, I wouldn't call them ports. And yeah. like you look at the Wii U, it had Wind Waker H D, Twilight Princess H D, uh shoot, they had a couple other games too that were they're ported yeah, but, to the but, system, but, but like
1: but but you know when it comes to like remasters and ports and stuff nintendo you don't normally see a company like that doing something um big like that like when you think of porting or remasters uh you think of more third party or kind of indies um but you think more third party of if bring something like to the switch to give him a new life and stuff okay yeah bayonetta 2 is a short sure bet because that game's hopefully so well um it got game of the year and for people who missed it who really wants to play an action game like that because the system needs an action game like that um bayonetta 2 would be spot on that would be the best decision to make uh you i'm like i think xenoblade chronicles x you know if they fixed a lot of the problems in that game and you they needed a, a big rpg before xenoblade chronicles 2 came out i would do that i would go that route yeah uh I, I think it like if a game was able to connect to a new version um then yeah i would be fine with it so yeah, like Bayonetta two and this year, and then Bayonetta three next year, I'll be fine with that. That would be cool. There, I mean, it.
0: I guess it's it's kind of on a person to person basis too. I guess because mm-hmm. like, I would love to see Mario three D World and Bayonetta co- Bayonetta two come to Switch, but like a game like like I said earlier, like Pikmin, like I feel like we're gonna get Pikmin four on Switch, so I don't think we really need that. Or like yes, you know, I think a perfect game for a port to switch would be Captain Toad Treasure Tracker because even people that bought we Used didn't own that game, and I think that game is just an awesome little puzzle game for a okay. handheld experience.
1: Yes, to take that game like that on the go. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And like right. I there's gonna be there's gonna be games that you know are coming or getting a second iteration, like like You know, Mario Maker is clearly going to make its way to Switch at some point. Smash Brothers clearly going to make their way to Switch at some point. And we're getting Xenoblade 2.
1: And you can still add, you know, that re. Like you could add that amiibo that came with uh Captain Toe or your amiibo a uh, Bayonetta when it comes out can work now into Bayonetta too, and they'll give you something special. Like if they release something with some with more new amiibo um to come out or current amiibo to come out that I mean that's already out, then yeah, port that game over to the system.
0: Mm-hmm. And like
1: I, I don't think we need like another Donkey Kong country
0: at At some point, because I feel like we're going to get a third one for Switch, mm-hmm. uh, but I would I would like to see. I mean, it's it's really hard because I can see a lot of these games getting sequels, but then the games that you know probably won't get a sequel, I wish would get ported, or I don't know. I just I just feel like there's some games that people missed, and I would love to see them on Switch. I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm still in that mode where I want everything on Switch, and like I really don't care how it gets I, there.
1: I, I mean, I think when like uh portability, not portability, because that's that's a console kind of thing. I think with the port that's gonna come to, uh, the Switch and stuff, it's it's gonna feel like to fill in the gap. Mm-hmm. Game comes yeah. up. So if you, so, but you know, that,
0: it's weird. It's weird though because I would think that Nintendo would, would want to put all their ports out before all their big games come out, and it, that's like I, right now because I mean all we have right now is Arms and Splatoon, I'm, and then August is kind of dry. But then you get into September, October, November, mm-hmm. you clearly have Fire, Fire Emblem Warriors, Xenoblade Chronicles Two, and then Super Mario Odyssey. But you and kind that's of not want- to mention the Pokemon game that's probably coming this year.
1: But you probably, for Nintendo, you would want your teams to work on that latest title to make the quality up to snuff, and not to not to say that you can't spare people to work on those old titles to pour over, but if. I, if we're making a, a big game that we know that's that we believe in, that's going to sell very well over a port. I'd rather keep team members on my team to make that game better and the quality of the snuff. So when we do marketing, we did the, the game does come out. You could see what, how great work was put great work and care was put into this game. Then it was just a port. Mm-hmm. So it's just once again, yeah. to- everybody focus on there now what they could do is always like outsource it, you know. If a company could could make the work on a port and really do a good job as the same level with with uh, like a Nintendo quality in mind, and Nintendo kind of steps in to check to see if it's up to snuff, like they did Wind Waker, um, HD, then yeah, go ahead and have outsiders uh do do those kind of porting games. But within the company, they're gonna be focusing more on their latest newest title, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Go go out and see if Toze or Konamika could, could work on this uh, kind of game imported to the system. Yeah, go ahead and do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to be fair, I'm just kind of arguing. We're, I'm just kind of arguing for the sake of argument. I would much rather mm-hmm. have new experiences on Switch as opposed yes. to ports like that. I'm just I'm doing that for the sake of the argument and the sake of the podcast. But you know, at the same time. You know, if you wanted to add Wii U games to to Virtual Console, even like I think that'd still be a good a yeah, Good, I would be down for that spot for them. Yeah, Let's you know, be, there's some it, games that you there's some games you would really have to rework though because some of them utilize the microphone in the in the Wii U uh, uh, gamepad. Some of them utilize that second screen, uh, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, there there's workarounds. You you could totally do that. It's somehow
1: like. Like, I would love to have um, Yoshi's Willy World, not the Poochie version, but the Wii U version on Switch. Um, yeah, you can update the graphics if you, if you want to. But I'm like, I want to put my headset on and listen to this on the go. I want to hear this beautiful soundtrack on the go, if I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll still pay the yeah. $40 if you want to charge me $40, because that's what I paid for the original <laughs> version. You know, I'm down to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's i mean it's it's it'd be nice to
0: have like i don't know it would be a totally different argument if the wii u sold better than it did like i if an argument uh but at the same time it's like i mean you look at the wii and and people aren't clamoring for wii games on their switch but like a lot of people who are diehard nintendo fans who who believed in the wii u and saw the good in the Wii U are clamoring for Wii U games on Switch because those games were so good, and like it's like a, a of- it's like I've always said when Nintendo's backs up against the wall, they that's when they're their most creative, and I still think you know the GameCube era and the Wii U. I think the Wii U is going to be looked at very similarly to the GameCube. Is like those that's when they had you know maybe not their biggest games, but they had their most creative games.
1: It's. When it comes to GameCube and when it comes to Wii U, it always comes down to regret that those gamers didn't play it. Mm-hmm. You have a mindset or some kind of expectation that, oh, Nintendo's not like this. And when you get to an expectation that Nintendo needs to be something like the other, like a competitor or something, that's when you lose the focus of that game. And then when it comes to a point just like, well, you know what? I think I should have played that game. You realize that if you got that chance to play that game and you've been you you've been proven wrong, that you know what? Something different. And I as a gamer shouldn't have had to try to compare them to doing something like their competitors. Because if they try to, I wouldn't got that same experience that I'm getting right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and this wouldn't feel like the Nintendo that I know Nintendo is. Yeah. People who who wish that they played Eternal Darkness when it came out. And there's people who wish that they own the GameCube. There's people who now Zombie U. People like last year wanted to play that game in October and people who played it on PS4 and Xbox One they said this does or or no, PS3 or x uh, 360 they said this is, doesn't feel well like it does on the Wii U version. And people know, who end up playing it on the Wii U Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to um, um, People who played it on the Wii U got a new experience of survival horror. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the- and every not, every, was-
0: every 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 review that came out of every other version of Zombie U after the Wii U version said, "If you want to play this game, find it on Wii U." Like every single review of the Xbox One and PS4 ones said that, and like I I agree because that's what made the game interesting. Is that you know the Wii- game pad? It's still probably the top 5 uses of the gamepad on that system is like that was your backpack and you couldn't pause and that was the big draw of the game is like you had to look away from the screen to dig through your backpack for inventory
1: right and i think people who like even though those switch games i mean switch games even though those Wii U ports came to switch and if you played it you might it might make you want to be like i really want to experience this on the Wii U and see if i could tell the difference like if that does something Mm -hmm. to you with the port i'm all down for that for it to be like yeah this game is making me want to double dip and find the original version and see if the experience is the same or not yeah it's uh i it's
0: i i still think these are i guess quote arguments are worth having because just because they're fun to like Mm -hmm. see what nintendo can do and yeah, and what they like what they can do and what they could do and, and, and stuff, mm-hmm. but like the Switch is so popular right now and like uh there there's a couple uh there's a couple things that came out this week out of their financial reports. Like, you know, the the unit the the switch has sold two point seven four million units worldwide. Uh you know, Zelda sold on, across both platforms almost four million units. Uh, you know, it's, it's doing extremely well. Uh, it's doing better than the Wii and the Wii U at this point. Not that that really says a lot, but like, it's still an interesting piece of, of information. We'll have this conversation again a year from now, Mm -hmm. but it's still interesting to have these discussions because, you know, does this success mean Nintendo will, put more resources into building more games for the for the system or are they going to put more talent behind the games that are already in development like i would love to see they're they're going to put switch more talent be the, i would love to see the switch be the first console in a long time where we have your franchises at play you know i would love to see metroid i would love to see f0 i would love to see another star fox game i I still mm-hmm. think Star Fox 0 has something interesting about it. I just I I there's something there. It's not perfect, but there's something there that's worth checking out at least. I, I, I think I, they,
1: Oh, I think they're going to put new talent uh because I think you know in order for Nintendo to evolve, they got to get these new directors in and in front of you know, in front of the media, in front of us gamers, um, so we could see what new ideas and experiences that they can have, and not really say this is the new Nintendo, but continuing that Nintendo tradition. That I mean, it kind of is though
0: a new Nintendo, right? I mean, they have a lot I mean, of their younger yeah. talent promoting the system, doing the directs, developing uh-huh. these games. You know, I it's but- it's it's. it's it's not a brand new Nintendo, but you can see Nintendo starting to evolve as a company, right.
1: well, which is exciting. I, I, I mean, well, yeah. I I feel like you could see the teaching of Miyamoto, Tezuka, Anuma, uh, and all these other directors and stuff in the past. You could see their teachings do these with these new developers, with these new directors mm-hmm. and stuff. You could see that, you know, The spirit of Nintendo that they had is in these new directors. And you guys, when you get to our age and you get become well-known, we will hope that you guys will continue to pass this on and still be able to make the games that you want to make. Mm -hmm. People keep loving Nintendo for what they do. Mm -hmm. And like... Uh,
0: you know, this is the first time Miyamoto and Anuma and that old, I guess you, what you would call the old guard of Nintendo Mm -hmm. did, they don't, this, you know, they didn't really have anything to do with the development of the hardware. It was Iwata. And then after he passed away, it was this younger group who kind of took that idea and kind of made it, you know, their own. And we're seeing it, we're seeing it in Super Mario Odyssey. Like that's going to be the first real test of these new directors taking on a giant franchise like a mainline Mario game. This is a major title for the switch and it's being developed by this younger team, which is really exciting. Yes, and like, and like, I guess like Splatoon was kind of like the f- game that was produced by a younger talent, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, solo, you know, without, without somebody in it. And like, that was a huge success and, you know, arms looks to be that way. In terms of the biggest franchises in the world, Mario Odyssey is going to be the first game developed by this young talent without Miyamoto, without Anumo, without you know Iwata, without right. all these all these overhead
1: like like the old the, guard. they're 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 the producers so they're going to mm-hmm. overlook they're going to overlook things and they're going to make and they're going to you know want to make sure that you know they could come in and help fix, you know, but still let you guys but still let them do what they need to do to create their version of the game Not create those old, the old producers Ideal of the game But be able to create their own You know, of course we would love To see a new game from Miyamoto Of course we would love to see a new game from Tezuka uh, I'm probably getting that wrong uh, We would probably love to see A, a new game from uh, uh, Anuma, you know We would love to see that See them create some new IPs and stuff And still have their old Games be done by newer talent you know, mm-hmm. I would love to see a new game for Miyamoto that, uh, not saying that he was, you know, he was inspired by, but maybe something he felt like he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he got a new team of people to, to help him bring out this thing where Miyamoto is a director. And you'd be like, yep, this is a Miyamoto game. And he still got it with them, regardless of what you think about Star Fox zero and stuff. Um, you know, Miyamoto still could. I think personally, still could make some of the best Nintendo games to
0: date.
1: Anuma, mm-hmm. I think, even if he doesn't make an, another Legend of Zelda game, you know, I think he could come in and make something worth that he always wanted to make and make it his own. Mm-hmm still feels like it's a game that's directed by him and made, you know, that he thought of. And, you know, he worked with a team to uh, show them how Nintendo makes games. And I think it still could be a strong, good title that a lot of us would be excited to play.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like,
1: I'm I'm just having this conversation now, like
0: the future of Nintendo, even though we kind of have the 2017 roadmap, I'm so excited for the future of of Nintendo and the system and like, I'm excited to see if like some of these 3DS experiments ever end up coming over like Federation Force or Ever Oasis or, you know, a smaller uh, Pikmin side-scrolling game after Pikmin 4, you know, I I still want those 3DS style experiments in games, like I still want those on Switch. But to see these major franchises being taken on by by you know the younger teams, which you know they've produced some good games, like the new Super Mario Brothers games are great, and you know we've we've gotten some great work out of them. But you know to to see them actually flourish with Mario Odyssey and beyond, like
1: that's exciting. That and really is exciting. Yeah, and we're not seeing that from Microsoft or Sony. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing a uh, young talent come in. Yeah, if we see young talent. It's an indie game fresh um make a god of war i want to see someone bring Tumba back for her and it, be somebody you know somebody young i would love to see, see gears of war 4 not just go to a different developer and who have a person who worked on it i want to see someone young i want to see a female version a female director work on gears of war 4 and see how her interpretation of that game maybe it don't have to start marcus phoenix Maybe it could start a whole new character, an all-female character or animals and stuff. Like, I want to see what Microsoft and Sony would do if they had young talent to make some of their previous, uh, well, not previous, some of their well-known IPs. Let's see that. And I think that we're not going to see that for a long time. Yeah. And like, Nintendo maybe... taking the stuff to do that. I think, I think the thing that
0: Nintendo has, too, that, that Microsoft and Sony maybe Microsoft more than than Sony don't have is you know they have the old guard which are revered as some of the best talent in the world teaching these new talented young developers and like you know we're seeing the crossover now and like you know Xbox is rel- still relatively new mm-hmm. to the console business you know 2001 they entered the race of 2001 whereas Nintendo has been around since you know they they the company's been around for 130 years And like they've been in the video game industry since, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, like you, you have that mean 30 years of experience is nothing to slouch at. You know, it's There's, there's that it's, it's just, you know, maybe I, and you know, we've had this discussion on NGR radio and other shows and stuff, but like, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it because this is a Nintendo show, but I still feel like Microsoft is kind of lost right now. They're lost. They want to do something special for gamers, but they don't know how or where to do it. Like the Scorpio and the Xbox One S and the, the Windows 10 PC store, like everything they put out now is is available on PC. So why would you own an Xbox? And they don't have the uh you know the the powerful exclusives like, you know, Halo used to be the killer app for Xbox and now it's not. So how do you evolve how do you evolve Halo or where do you take it? Or what kind of new IP can you push your Xbox it, to relieve some it, of the it, pressures of being Halo? I you know? think because so. Like, I think... Because like Gears of War obviously did that for Halo for 360, but now both of those franchises yes. are tried and true. How do you how do you give us a new IP with with strong development talent behind it to relieve the pressure off of Gears and Halo? Like how do you do that? Phil Spencer, would, like, would, don't get me wrong. Phil, Kirsten, Spencer, Phil Spencer is an amazing yes. guy. He's turned that ship around, and which is why, like, which is why I support Xbox more than I do the PlayStation because I think Phil Spencer is like he's the coolest dude out there right now. I I, I truly believe mm-hmm. like he is just as much a gamer as he is a businessman, and that's why he kind of understands the platform and like he's done so much for the Xbox brand since he since he took over. And like you know, he it's gosh, I he's moved well, to the I, I answer, Like that's what can it I feels answer, like.
1: Can I answer your question? Uh, let me answer your question with the Microsoft thing. I think Microsoft and Sony has put on. Uh, made them be like you know we're all about power we're all about the hardcore gamers we're all about this and that and i think because they got so focused on that they lost the spark of what's being fun and how can we develop fun to a variety of audiences and because of Microsoft being so stuck on power and you know trying to be number one and trying to like look cool and stuff how to make anything fun mm-hmm. when ha- when have they when have they taken time to dev to put out different IPs that have different ratings that could touch different people and really make it about fun really be more creative and expressive you haven't seen that from microsoft so mm-hmm. you're stuck in a rut when all you know when all you know is power and being technical and trying to be number 1 when that's all you know don't know that that's going to be a continued success when it when it fails you how did you how did you get out you can't still yeah and like you're just using the old business tactics and way of thinking of trying to get back to that number one spot and it's not working no more
0: and like with, you know, everybody's saying, like, you know, Nintendo's never powerful enough. And I think we're at that point now where Nintendo's kind of proven that power isn't everything. Like, power isn't everything. And, like, now more than ever, Nintendo has proven that power isn't everything. And, like, yeah, we're not going to get Mass Effect and Call of Duty. But, look, we got Zelda. And we're getting Xenoblade. And we're getting Mario. Like, and, those three games alone are and- right on par with anything the other consoles are
1: putting out. And like, and those games have, then those games have connected more to players, um, that are non Nintendo or who are Nintendo fans than anything else. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Are people, are st- people are still talking about Breath of the Wild, and it's almost already about what, Been two months, going on two months in May. Who's still talking about Mass Effect Andromeda? Who's still talking about Gears of War? Like, I don't
0: hear anybody talking about it, Mass Effect it, Andromeda because it's so broken and people are waiting to play it because they want to wait
1: for the patches to fix the game. Guess what? <laughs> if anything, that Force Horizon 3 is coming out with a Hot Wheel um, DLC, which is cool. I love that they went that. You know, that's so awesome that they did that. Mm hmm. it it deserves I think it deserves its game of the year nomination I think it's one of the best arcade racers aside Mario Kart 8 like it deserves every reward and every rating that it got because Mm -hmm. it's such a good a real fun made like well deserved game and that's the idea that Microsoft kind of needs to think about the success that they have with Forza Horizon 3 and the continued success that they're having they need to apply that strategy and that way of thinking to other titles to new mm-hmm. IPs like mm-hmm. you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to make everything all about power because when power fails you what do you else have to rely on that you've never learned and experienced Nintendo yeah. never has to rely on power because they could rely on their art style they could rely on gameplay they could rely on the limitations making them create mm-hmm. yeah, and like and, i uh,
0: I feel like I feel like Nintendo has always had okay. great ideas, and like the mm-hmm. Wii was the Wii was a great idea it got a lot of people interested in that system that you know that i mean that 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 system came out in the in an h d era and it wasn't h d and still outsold both the other consoles like that's that's a, a testament to what that system could do and the ds like at the same time like man those two systems were, were smart and those were nowhere near as powerful as the 360 and the ps3 and then like i think the wii u even though it was like it was a great console was kind of like a half step towards what they kind of are doing now with the switch where like Yeah, it's the it's the system you can play in your hands and then plug in the TV when you when you need it. And like, you know, they were going for that two screen thing because, you know, that was a thing for a minute was a second screen experience. And they wanted to try to capitalize on that in case something happened. And like now that VR is is a thing like the switch could easily be VR ready. Without All right. trying to be VR ready, you know, they, they, can, they can make that a headset you could slide the screen into and the joy cons are basically, you know, the Wii remotes or the move controllers for PlayStation VR. And like, there you go, that's your VR and you can make the like a Google sized headset thing, you know, Right. I don't know, I just think I think the switch is finally at that point where Nintendo if they have an idea They can use the system they already have to make that idea work, whereas you know the switch, the Wii U, like was that half step,
1: yeah, with great games, mind you, but still, I, yeah. And 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 my last point for this discussion: if you really are all about visuals and stuff, Nintendo make HD dangerous. Want to know why? Because if you put Pikmin three with some of the 360 and even probably even PS4 games of today, Pikmin 3 still look, looks breathtaking.
0: Yeah, I've never seen a more beautiful piece of fruit in my life.
1: But but guess what? For a game that's on a, on a console like that compared to something on a PS4, goodness, when Ghost Recon Wildlands still look dated as a PS3 game, that's problematic. Mm-hmm. When you looking at when you looking at the water and the fruit and just and just the world of pigment, of pigment three, you be like, "Good night." How in the heck is this being done on a system like this? Bayonetta two still looks wonderful and in uh beautiful in uh in movement. Like you could put that on and be like, "Wow." And then you just see some of these games like Horizon. It looks beautiful, yeah. But I'm like, Horizon is even limited in its color palette. So yeah, you might it might look good in 4K, uh, with with Pro. But I'm like, I I still would look. I still could look at Xenoblade Chronicles X and still be amazed on what they did with that game over the technical visual aspects that they did in Horizon. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Horizon looks good, but Xenoblade Chronicles X could go toe-to-toe with uh, Horizon. Yeah. And like I'm like I,
0: I said at the top of the show, like my PS4, I, it was a it was a launch PS4 and it was dying, and I'm sitting here trying to debate whether or not I should get a pro or not just to future proof the game so they run better. And like you shouldn't like I, I don't want to take away from what the PS4 Pro is capable of doing, like you know, the the 4k stuff and and all that all that kind of stuff uh-huh. but i shouldn't be sitting here debating on which skew of a system i can get just so a game can run on the system yeah like i'm i'm sorry i shouldn't have to do that where like you know i always know a nintendo game's going to work on a nintendo system like i just know it i just know it's going to work and yes and like i don't I, don't, I I'm at that point where like I don't care about tech specs I don't care about anything like the games I'm playing right now don't require any sort of tech specs at all like mr shifty yeah there was a patch that came out to fix the frame rate but that game runs great you know shovel Knights amazing uh breath of the wild was <laughs> it's the best game it's it's my I it's my favorite game since Super Mario 64 I mean that's that's all I can say is like, that's how amazed and blown away I was with that game. And it's running on, you know, I mean, if you're counting the Wii U version, it's running on 12 year old hardware at this point, you know? So it's like, it doesn't even matter about the tech specs. It it all comes back down to, is the game fun to play? Is it visually appealing to you enough to a point where like you can watch it like, Shovel Knight is not horizon by any stretch of the imagination, but it's still visually amazing. It's still visually appealing and it's still fun to play. And there's no technical hiccups. There's no, you know, frame rate issues. There's no, uh, loading, uh, you know, five minute loading, you know, that, that was a big thing that came out with ghost warrior warrior three over the weekend. It was like, it takes five minutes to load into the game. Uh, you know there's there's just there's none of that stuff and it's I don't I don't really know what else to say about it except that like I'm I'm kind of like really frustrated about this ps4 stuff right now is because like I don't really I'm gonna have to wait like two or three months to replace my ps4 because it's gonna cost me $400 and the fact that I have to try to choose which skew the system to buy Is really frustrating. Not that I'll be playing it because I'll be playing all these amazing games on Switch 3DS because (laughs) Fire comes out in like three weeks. But, yes, yeah. I mean, here's another point Super Metroid, one of the best games of the last 25 years. It's, I mean, it's clearly running on Super Nintendo technology, and guess what? It's one of the best games of all time. It's, it's still, I mean, I I mean I think Zelda is my favorite franchise of all time, but I think Super Metroid is the closest thing to a perfect game you can get to. I I still think Super Metroid is that good. I don't know. I just I have a lot of opinions and I don't want to I don't want to take away from like all these other developers and what they're doing because I still think the technical standpoint of Horizon is beautiful and I still think, you know, everything that Sony Exclusive wise, is doing vision from a visual and technical standpoint is some of the best looking, realistic stuff I've ever seen. I still think, you know, for what it was, The Order is still technically the best looking, visually stunning game I've ever seen. But look at that game, it was not fun to play, it was terrible, it was just terrible. So yeah. I just I I don't know. It, there's a lot to pick and choose from from games these days. And I know there's the people that just want to get online and shoot stuff, which to be fair, I had that earlier today. I played I played some Halo 5 today and it's just so satisfying blowing away some covenant aliens. Like that game still feels really good to play. The story sucks, but that game's still really fun to play. And like if there's there's still that aspect of games where like not everyone is like us and is gonna sit there and break down everything and, and go through everything. But you know, there's still people that just wanna get on and play sports or play shooty shooty bang bang stuff all the time. And that's fine. Bang, like bang. good good on those gamers. And, yes. and but like you know, there there's people who like me who don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. I just don't really care <laughs> about any of that stuff anymore. I just like part of me is like kind of dreading the fact that Destiny Two is coming out this year because I know how much time I put into Destiny
1: One and I really don't feel like putting that much more time into it. <laughs> well, like I said, if it's the rinse and repeat washing machine <laughs> kind of game, I'm I'm going wait. Like I said, I'm I, I'll wait for the fifth version of that game when all the DLC come out.
0: I I just wait for Metroid Destiny because you know we've already decided that that game is coming out,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> uh like day one. I will have to take the next day off and be like, you're going to have to call in to work.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if that game ever, if that game really comes out, you and me are taking like a week off from work and just sitting down and playing it. <laughs> I'm just going to bring a bucket into the game room and 25,000 packs of crackers and water and just not leaving <laughs> ever. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: But, yeah, that's our thoughts
0: yeah that that was a show that was yes, that was a show <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean i I'm still like I like to finish our point about like exclusives and power and everything. I don't really think power matters. I think you know, Phil Spencer did a great job of turning the Xbox ship around, and I think Sony's doing interesting mm-hmm. things. I think you know. I think from that point of view, I think Xbox needs to take a couple pages from Sony and I think they need to take a couple pages from Nintendo and just sit down and kind of like say, look, we need to make a game that, you know, is going to look stunning on our platform, but we also need to make it fun to play. And, you know, we need to sit down and say, look, gameplay comes first. And, you know, they've already kind of taken that step with Halo. They, They came out and said that, you know, Master Chief, is gonna be the focus of halo going forward and you know they're listening to fans they're they're doing what i think a good platform should do is kind of like look we're listening to our fans Mm -hmm. about our top franchises so i mean they i Xbox had a lot of work to do, and I still think they have a lot of work to do. But they've really
1: hey, I, I would say, I would say, view how Nintendo survived. I think if you're gonna take, don't even take pages. Heck, take magazine issues, <laughs> take <Sure. laughs> novels from it more from Nintendo than Sony, because Nintendo has shown that even if people thought they had downtimes, Nintendo was still up some of the craziest stuff that you think that any company who did the same thing should have failed and been out of business. But yet, Nintendo, and it's not even about money, Nintendo has been smart about their business. And I think Microsoft has that. Microsoft is smart enough to figure out what they need to do to get out whatever rut that they people think that are in. If you... um, I I, like the article that uh, Game Informer has uh, titled that. I think it's time for... For us to get uh be done with the console wars. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I have always said this enjoy what you still love to play. I might it might feel like I'm bagging on Microsoft and I'm bagging on uh, Sony and I'm I defend Nintendo. Yeah, it might feel that way, but I'm just like companies are setting their own path, and we are at a point at a time that we kind of need to walk on, walk on as many paths as we can. Mm-hmm you don't yeah. like Nintendo, that's fine. You don't have to like Nintendo. There's other avenues to enjoy video games and be happy for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. maybe hopefully yeah. down the line. Because you know, I, I could get on Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo if I want to or if I need to and and talk about and talk bad about them. But then I feel like why did why should I even be in, into video games if all I want to do is talk bad about them? Mm-hmm. Like that
0: i do i do think it's kind of weird though like and this is a last thought before we wrap up the show but like i still think like these companies are putting nintendo style games on their platforms and they're finding some success like i think you know sony's most nintendo-y type game was gravity rush and gravity rush 2 like those games are i think if if you were to put them in someone's hand and you were to ask who made this and somebody said Nintendo, I I think a lot of people would say that. I think, you know, Gravity yes. Rush is a good game and, and people see that, you know, but like at the same time, people don't buy PlayStation or Xbox for, for Gravity Rush. They buy it for Call of
1: Duty and Horizon and Halo. And And Uncharted I, and stuff, and I so. feel like those are the gamers that's missing out, really. Mm hmm. Man, you know, did you play Gravity Rush yet? Have you played it yet? I I need to buy it. I haven't played Boss. it yet. Gravity
0: but Rush is to a, it. uh, if you if anybody out there listening owns a PlayStation, definitely uh check out Gravity Rush. Uh, I want to play. Well, I, I guess you play.
1: could. Oh, I, I said I, I want to play do Patapon.
0: The remastered version, I guess, of of Gravity Rush One, and then if you like it, to move on to Two, because I think Two does a lot of cool, interesting things, uh, to that formula, but. Uh, yeah gravity rush is uh, awesome if you're looking for a nintendo style game on a playstation console that's one to get
1: i want to play loco roco on Palapon, Patapon, Patapon, upon Pat-a-pon, i love that <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i
0: want to i want to finish some super metroid so uh, uh i think we're gonna gonna wrap the show here thank you so much for watching or listening uh, ed where can we find you
1: uh, before we wrap, th- wrap up uh, and before we find out, uh, to end the Nintendo port thing uh, with Wii U ports being on the Switch, I'm down for it. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, guess we, on t- <laughs> I, I guess that was what we were, were originally talking about, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean, uh, you can I'm find down. me on Twitter.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> I, I, want me... them, I want them to make the Switch boxes look like the Wii U boxes. But, uh, like yes. Just, just like have like a Wii U Essentials collection on Switch, and then there'd be like, yes. you know, every every two or three months they'd release like three or four titles, like you know, make it almost feel like Xbox Live Arcade style uh, thing where they promote uh-huh. like a month or two of of just great Wii U games coming to Switch in a downtime. I don't know. I think that'd be cool. But anyway, sorry. Here we go. Yes, <laughs> Ed, where can we find you on the internet? <laughs>
1: You guys can find me at on Twitter at that virtual code. You can hear my podcast Optional Opinion at SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. I am going to up be updating the anomalousradionetwork.popping.com. Radio Network did that lady, I got a lot to do. Um, you can also hear me on World 101 podcast at shouseengine.com. We uh talked to uh Tom hap um, creator and developer of Axiom Verge. So, do listen to that. Uh, we do have a contest running. So, uh, if you want to know more about that, join our World 101 uh Facebook page. Um, and find out the rules on how to go win uh, maybe a copy of Axiom Verge. Uh, we can't tell you what it is, you have to come and find out and listen but it was a good discussion talking to to him so um yeah who still owns the Wii you you can find me optional opinion all one word together on Wii you i i am sorry everybody i need to update Um. Uh, you guys, on uh, that, I will put up my 3DS friends code for that. Um, I, I haven't been lately, and I will once I get my Nintendo Switch, I will update that too, so you guys can join me with some Nintendo Switch games because I have a big catalog that I need to catch up. <laughs> get that Switch,
0: Ed, get it, yes, get it. Uh, you can find me at Corey Hudson and HD on Twitter, Corey and HD on Instagram. Uh, you can find all of our shows and content on uh, NGR radio.com. Uh, Ed just wrote a couple reviews up there for wonder boy and horizon. So check those out. Uh, I have a couple things coming out later this week and this weekend for, uh, your reading pleasure. Uh, you can join our yes. Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash NGR radio podcast. You can also follow the NGR radio network on Twitter at NGR radio podcast. Uh,
1: and yeah, also join us on our Pow Block Facebook page. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, you can join the Pow Block Facebook group too. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Nintendo Pow Block. You can find our yes. group there as well. So um, we're going to try to be more active in there. Uh, just it's too, there's so many groups, so many groups to keep track <laughs> so of. So many groups. Yes. Uh, we are looking to set up a NGR radio slash Nintendo power block Mario Kart eight deluxe tournament on switch. So, uh, stay tuned for those, uh, that information as well. Uh, trying to wait as long as I can until Ed gets a switch so we can, uh, kind of do it together. So chop, chop, Ed, chop, chop. Yes. Chop, chop. Um, uh, thank you so much I, for watching.
1: I, I something just can't my. one last thing or something just came to my mind that i'm gonna actually ask you guys on the pod block facebook page and i kind of want to see what you guys think about it um uh Corey's just like what huh what but it's mostly a question about um fighter two is coming up i kind of want to hear everybody what they think on how did you learn how to play street fighter experience so i kind of want to know how you guys learn how to play a title on a nintendo game i want to i want to i want to know i think that would be a cool idea so um, check out the facebook page does it count if you never
0: really learned how to play street fighter and you just mashed the buttons the whole time
1: yes yes that's if that's the way that you learn how to play street fighter let me know let us know i want to i want to know about that
0: (laughs) pro tip don't jump apparently that's bad Apparently jumping is bad in Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Thank jumping so- without attacking is bad. <laughs> yeah, that too. Well. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. And until next week. We love you. Woo-hoo!